Hi friend, I'm Monique Scripp, and you are listening to the Fierce Identity Podcast, a podcast all about being fierce and confident in who you are so you can go out and make a kingdom impact. I'm a business leadership coach, and I come alongside women in business to help them overcome their roadblocks so that they can make an impact and an income. I do group coaching, speaking, and I'm the creator of the course Multiply for Network Marketers. For more ways for us to connect, you can follow me at Monique Script Coaching on Instagram or go to MoniqueScript.com for our email list. Sit back and enjoy the honest conversation. Hello, everyone. Welcome to episode 49 of the Fierce Identity Podcast. I am so glad that you are here. If you did not catch our last episode, episode 48, we talked about choosing to be misunderstood. It was a great episode. I got a lot of of great feedback about that being a blessing to you. So if you have not listened to that, make sure after you listen to this, you go back and listen to episode 48. So we're talking today about your invitation to fail. One of the things that I coach people on is ways to connect online and ways to connect personally with people when you are growing your business. And one of the aspects that I talk about is the difference between announcing something and inviting something, inviting someone, announcing versus inviting. And so as I am sharing today, one of the things, the reason why I titled today's episode is your invitation to fail is because oftentimes when you read something on social media or somebody posts something, it feels like an announcement. It feels like it's not personal. So an example of this would be, say I were inviting you, say we're having a party at my house and I posted on social media and I said, hey, Friday at 6 p.m., I'm having a party, everyone's invited. So say you were scrolling and you saw that. Probably in your mind, you'd go, oh, she's having a party. But you would not come, you would not show up because you don't feel like it's personal to you. It feels like an announcement. Like I'm just announcing, hey, this is going on. Friday, six o'clock, party at my house. Now, if I were to reach out to you and I called you and I said, hey, girl, I am having a party Friday at 6 p.m. at my house. I would love for you to come. I really want to invite you to come to be part of it. Bring your family. We'll have a great time. These are the things we're doing. You would feel so much more inclined to come because I reached out to you and I personally invited you. So you can use that as a lesson. When you are connecting on social media, you can use that as an a lesson a lesson of inviting versus announcing and ways to connect with people personally. So I say that to say, as I am sharing this today, I want you to know that I'm speaking to you. I want to personally reach out to you and ask you to fail. I want to invite you to fail. I want to give you permission to fail. One of the things that Robert Allen says is there is no failure, only feedback. And that's what I want you to take away from our conversation today is there is no such thing as failure. It's only feedback. The things that you quote unquote see as failure are lessons that you can look back and say, wow, I would have done that differently. I learned from this situation. I got this feedback from a client or a customer or whatever, 
or my child, I got this feedback and I'm going to learn from it and I'm going to take it as a lesson. So one of the things that we just do by nature is we really try to avoid failure at all cost. So it's part of how we're wired. It's part of our DNA. It's part of our body is actually trying to protect ourselves from failure. And so when you are trying to protect yourself from failure, it's kind of like failure is seen as uh, the most horrible thing that you can do. You know, your brain is thinking this. All right, I want to avoid failure at all costs. And so subconsciously, you don't do things because you fear that you're going to fail. You fear, okay, if I put myself out there, what if I mess up? If I put myself out there and I fall flat on my face, I am going to be a failure. And so you just don't do things and you freeze and you don't step into things because you're afraid of failure versus the people who go out there and they're like, I am going to do this no matter what. I am going to put my foot on the gas and go after it because they have that fire in them and they're like, I do not care if I fail. Those are the people who are most successful. So I want to talk to you today because I really want to give you that invitation. Hear my heart when I'm saying this. Please step out there and fail. One of the things that I say to clients a lot, I've probably said it on the podcast before, is the term or the phrase, try it and see. Just try it and see. People will ask me, Monique, I'm thinking about doing this one thing or I I thought about trying this one method and I'm like, okay, try it and see. Try it and if it works for you, keep on going. If you try it and you're like, this is not working, I'm going backwards or whatever the situation is, then you just pivot and move on to something else. It is feedback. So if you, in the same way that I told you last week, that you have to choose to to be misunderstood, like you have to go into something and go, I'm going to be misunderstood, but I'm going to keep moving forward. If you step into something and you're like, I know that I'm going to fail along the process, along the way, but it's part of the process. If you know that going in, you just keep moving forward. So I'm gonna get honest with you today and I'm gonna share with you my top five failures in life and business that I look back and I'm like, man, I totally learned from that. I totally do things differently now because I failed. I wasn't afraid to get out there and fail. And for those of you who've been with me for a while, I would say if we have been friends or if we've been connected more than 10 years, you've seen me pivot. You've seen me shift. You've seen me do something and then say, okay, I'm going to adjust things or I'm going to do this better. I'm going to do this differently. And it should be the same way for you. People should not look at your life and say, wow, Um, She hasn't changed. People shouldn't say that. You should be changing. You should be evolving. You should be growing. You should be a different person. But part of becoming a different person is going to be you stepping out there and making mistakes. And you stepping out there and saying, okay, this didn't work. I'm going to pull back a little bit and I'm going to go in a different direction. That is part of growth. Oftentimes people look at success or they look at people who are successful and they think it's linear. They're like, oh, they had a, you know, they went from this to this to this. And all you see is the success, but you don't see the failures behind the scenes. So I want us to talk about that. I want us to really make it normal, normalize failure so that you can move faster. Those who are not afraid to fail move faster in their business. 
I'm going to say that again. Those who are not afraid to fail, they move faster in their business and they move faster in life. They grow, they evolve because they're not afraid to mess up. So my top failures I'm going to give you today And oftentimes, like you can learn from other people's failures. That's another thing is it may not even be your failure, but it might be somebody else's failure that you look at that and you say, I am going to learn from that so that I don't repeat the same mistake. So my number one failure is not creating margin. So that's my number one failure is the times where I did not create margin. And the reason why I say this is my number one failure is because it led to my number one worst parenting moment ever. And if you want that story, I think it's episode three. It might be two. Episode two or three, I share the story. But my absolute worst parenting moment ever was when I was working in the corporate world. I worked for an insurance company here in Memphis. And the kids had probably been with us maybe six months or maybe a year. I can't remember exactly. And if you don't know our adoption story, we've adopted three boys. And so they had been in our home. And one of the boys was, and he still is, he still is my child, that he struggles in the mornings. And it takes him a little bit longer to, you know, get everything together And so I was used to, before children, I was used to getting up really early. I would have a really solid routine where I'd be in the gym at a certain time. I'd shower at the gym and I'd head into work and I'd be at work like an hour early, okay? This was my life before kids. And so I had just had that routine for years and years. Well, when we had kids, I started working out at home and for the first time ever, I was late to work. I would be, there would be times where I would be late to work. So my boss said something to me and said, Monique, um, I've kind of noticed that, you know, there's been some days you've come in late. It just was not my norm when we went from zero to three kids. And I was used to being there like an hour early and getting all of these things done before people came to the office. And so I really like felt bad about that. I was like, man, I can't, that can't be part of my identity and my character. I can't be somebody who comes late. And so I started um, really getting frustrated with the kids in the morning because I don't want to say I blamed them because I could have been much better with my time management. And that's really the lesson I have here is I wasn't creating enough margin, enough time in the morning Our mornings were rushed. I was trying to get the kids dropped off at school and be at my office at a certain time. And there, we were not creating, I did not create enough margin. And so there was this one day we are pulling out the driveway and I had talked to this child about a certain thing, a certain paper he needed to bring to school. Okay. I had set it on the kitchen table. I said, you have to bring this paper to school. And so we're pulling out the driveway. I look at the clock. I'm like, oh my goodness, I'm going to barely make it on time to work. And pulling out the driveway, and as we're leaving, I was like, hey, so-and-so, did you get that paper and put it in your backpack? And he looks at me, and he's like, oh, no, I didn't. I forgot it. And I was like, oh, my goodness. And I just go off on him. I'm like, get inside the house. Grab your paper. And I was like, go get your dad to take you to school. I literally left him. I told Matt to dad. This is awful. Y'all can hear the whole story in my other episode. But, um... I'm like frustrated because I was like, I am going to be late to work. And I had Matt, I texted Matt when I was in the drive. I was like, take this, take him to school. I've got to go. And I took the other two to school and I look back at that moment and it was a horrible parenting moment. It was a horrible parenting moment. 
I raised my voice at him. I told my husband to take him to, to school. And um, anyway, the point being, there were a lot of times where I look back at times where I was impatient or I had a lack of patience. And I did not create margin. I did not leave enough time to have those moments. I didn't create enough time in the morning for my kids to forget, you know, to put their socks and shoes on or forget this or leave something. I didn't create that margin. And it wasn't just that time. I noticed that I would do that in a lot of ways. I would go from one person to the next person to the next person client-wise and not leave enough margin. Or I would completely like be rushing at the end of the day to go pick up my kids or whatever it was. And I noticed that those were the moments where I had a lack of patience or those were the moments where I said something or did something that was out of my character because there was not enough margin. And so what I learned from that, that was a failure. That was a big failure that I really had to, it took me having a coach in uh, last year, 2021, I, I talked about this before, but I had a coach through Brendan Richard. And one of the things that he taught me was to create that margin. That's one of the things that Brendan teaches in his coaching program is to have transition time. He's really big on having transition time and to set the intention and really like being calm and patient going into the next transition. And I never had that. I never had transition time. I would go from one thing to the next. So here's my lesson to you is do you do that? Do you go from one thing to the next thing to the next thing without creating transition time? And if you do that, I really encourage you to do that because one of the things I have a power life script of the things that are the most important things to me that I say daily. And one of those things is I am a patient and present mom. I'm a patient and loving mom. And so if I don't create margin and I'm impatient with my child, it wasn't even his fault. It wasn't his fault. It was my fault because I was like, here, I'm going to be late because my child didn't do something, but it wasn't because my child, it was because I did not create the space for those kinds of things to happen. So where are the areas, whether it's being a parent, whether it's being a business owner, whether whatever it is, like what are the moments where you need to stop and create more space, more time anticipate that things may go wrong, anticipate that it may take a little bit longer, and anticipate those moments where it might even be that your child, oftentimes I find that my kids, this happened the other day, they will like drop drop these bombs of like really important life things that they have questions about while we're driving. And if I'm, you know, in this grind hustle, like, no, gotta go on to the next thing, I don't have time to listen to this, you're not gonna be present. You're not gonna hear the things that are most important. Okay, so that's number one, is creating margin. One of my failures was I did not create enough margin. Number two, the second failure that I would say is I talked more than I listen. I talked more than I listen. So I try really hard to be a good student of always evolving and always learning. And so one of the things that I do is I record, if I'm having a session with somebody coaching, I record the sessions, and then occasionally I will go back and I will listen to the session for my own knowledge, for my own feedback to say, Monique, how can you be a better business coach? How can you be better at this? I also will ask my children. I will say, hey, how can I be a better mom? And this is one of the feed, the 
information, the feedback that they gave me. Mom, you could be better at listening to us. You could be better at listening when I'm trying to say something or listening when I'm trying to tell something. I often feel like you misunderstand me when I'm trying to tell, this is feedback for my children. I'm trying to tell you something. And I was listening, I just listened to something last week of a recording And that was my own feedback that I had for myself. I was like, man, I shouldn't have talked so much. I really should have listened more. And so are you doing that? Are you listening or are you talking? And for those of you, I know I've got two different audiences that listen to my podcast. I've got those of you who are network marketers who want to grow and want to scale and and you you use this podcast as a way to get information and business coaching and tips for that. I also have another group in the audience that are moms and wives and you want to grow in your relationship and your walk with the Lord and you want to be encouraged in that way. So I would say that this goes to both of those audiences, that if you are someone who's in network marketing, listen, listen to people, build connections with people, hear their pain points, hear their problems, get feedback, do market research, okay? That's a huge one, is doing market research, asking good questions. If you are a leader, ask good questions of those on your team. Ask your team, how can I be a better leader? How can I serve you better? How can I come alongside you and help you reach your goals? That's one of the things we teach in our Multiply program is ways to come alongside your team and to ask them, how can I help you? And when you ask those questions, you have to shut up, okay? You have to shut up. This is a lesson, this is a failure I've had, is you have to shut up and you have to listen to them. One of the marks of a great leader is somebody who asks great questions. Get good at asking questions. When people have transformation, when they make changes in their life, when they make changes in their behavior, oftentimes it comes because somebody has challenged them, but when they've challenged them, they haven't just told them what to do, they've listened and they've asked them good questions. So an example of this is, if somebody tells you, if somebody on your team tells you, I have a goal of accomplishing blank, okay? And they tell you this, and you start to notice that their behavior is not in alignment with the things that they said that they wanna do. They say, hey, I wanna scale to this, or I wanna hit this rank, or I wanna do this, okay? And they tell you this. But then you notice their behavior doesn't line up with that. So instead of you talking, talking, talking and telling them all the ways that they're not doing the things that they say they want, just ask. Say, hey, Sarah, I use Sarah as an example in all my all my video trainings. Hey, Sarah, you shared with me that you want to hit this rank by the end of the year. I've noticed that this certain things don't line up with that. Tell me about that or how can I help you? And you listen, you ask that question and you listen. When it comes to your children, you listen. I started reading this great book. I don't want to fully recommend it because I'm not done with it yet. But it's by uh, Harold Shank. I think it's Harold Shank. And it's called Listen and Make Room. And it's all about making room for children and listening to children and listening to those who don't have a voice. And so are you talking to your kids, talking at your kids, or are you listening to them? Are you being quiet? Because one of the things that is so great about this book, maybe I'll do a book review when I finish it. But one of the things that's so great is he talks about how that was the character of Jesus is he listened to the children. He said, come to me. He told the children, come to me. And he would listen to them. He would sit with them. He would talk with them. 
And so are you making that room for your kids or are you minimizing because they're, oh, they're three and four years old. They don't have anything meaningful to say. Or are you listening to them? Okay, so that's number two. As I talked, failure number two is I talk more than I listen. Failure number three is I was not clear on my niche. I was not clear. This was early on. Now I feel like I'm very clear. I know exactly what my niche is. But early on, when I told you I pivoted several times, is I wasn't clear. I was all over the place as far as the audience that I was speaking to, and I didn't know who my niche was. And so I would encourage you, I talked just a second ago about doing market research. I would encourage you to do market research, to do research as far as who, what's the, what are the problems that are out there? So if you are someone in your network marketing business and you're like, well, I don't really have a niche. Let's just say you're in the health and wellness. You're like, I'm helping people get healthy. Okay. If that is you, I want to ask you, how can you niche down? And one of the ways that you can niche down is by asking questions. So this goes hand in hand with number two, ask questions, do market research, post on your social media Hey, what are your pain points when it comes to health and fitness? What is your struggle with this? Or, you know, how are, what are some ways that you need help with blank? Ask questions and take people's, people's feedback as information, okay? So I do this in my Multiply program, which by the way, let me just make a side note. Our Multiply program, it's launching again on February the 16th. It is open right now for registration. I'm signing people up for our February group. And I want to tell you this, and I'm going to say this with 100% confidence. Our Multiply 2.0 program is the absolute best. The one that is launching in February is the absolute best than it's ever been. And here's why is because for the last two years, I've been taking surveys, I've been getting feedback, I've been asking questions from the hundreds of people who have gone through the Multiply program, or it was called Elevate at one point, Elevate or Multiply program. I have gotten a ton of feedback, redone the modules, added more information, added more content, put more accountability, more structure for your results. Okay, and so now when I talk to people about Multiply, I feel so confident in the results that people are going to get because I got feedback and I clarified my niche and I took that market research and I said, okay, I'm going to use this as feedback. And some of the comments weren't always positive. Most of them were positive, but I also got some comments that were like, okay, I could grow in this area. Okay, we can make it better in this area. So you need to do the same. Clarify who your audience is, clarify the problem that you're solving for people and ask questions to do research and take that information and use it to speak to people. People will come to you. This is one of the things that helped me is I had a coach who I was working with and we were doing this. We were clarifying my niche and she was like, Monique, look at the people who have come to you and ask those people what they need. And what I came to is I was, it was a lot of the same people. And this is how I landed on the network marketing niche is because that is who was coming to me. It was network marketers were the people who were reaching out to me. Hey, Monique, help me grow my team. Hey, hey Monique, help me scale my business. And their pain point, your pain point, I guess I'm talking to you. Your pain point was struggling to multiply your team. And so we said, okay, how can we take the problem niche down and get really, really good 
really good at solving that one problem. So that's what I want to ask you to do. And you might be a stay-at-home mom and you might be like, Monique, well, this doesn't apply to me. Yes, it does. How can you get really, really good at being the best mom that you can be, the best wife that you can be, connecting with your people and getting really, really clear on that, getting their feedback and becoming the absolute best that you can be, okay? All right, so number one, I shared with you. Number two, I shared with you. Number three, not clarifying your niche. And number four, is avoiding failure, okay? Number four is avoiding failure. So some of you might be like, okay, well, isn't this what we're talking about? But one of the failures was avoiding failure itself. So when you are avoiding failure, there's something in you subconsciously that's like, okay, I am not gonna step into this because I am afraid I'm going to fail. You have to lean into failure. So my number four failure was avoiding the failure. And so if you can welcome failure, this is your invitation. This is your invitation for me. Your invitation to say, I welcome failure. And you know that you show up every day. Imagine if you woke up every day and you said, I am going to look for a way that I can fail. I'm going to look for a way that I can get feedback. If you do that, you will succeed. Okay? If you do that, you will succeed. So stop avoiding failure and Step into what you need to do, okay? So number four was was avoiding failure. All right, number five. My number five failure was that I was a beginner, okay? My number five failure, when I look back and I'm like, okay, where are the areas that I failed? It was oftentimes just by being a beginner. So you're like, Monique, what do you mean by being a beginner? Okay, here's what I'm talking about is... When I look back at, at posts that I've done, they were horrible. <laughs> Bad graphics, not connecting with people, maybe salesy, whatever. And it was because I was a beginner. When I look back at messages, I actually just found, um, I was cleaning up some um, content that I had created years ago and I found old messages and I was like, oh my goodness. <laughs> the messages that I was having with people, it's because I was a beginner and I didn't know what I was doing and I was messaging people. The information that I gave people early on, on how to build a team and how to lead, it was wrong because I was a beginner and I was learning. So one of my failures was being a beginner. And if you think about that, that's not really a failure, it's just feedback. And so I want to encourage you, don't fear starting because when you start, you are going to fail or your your work is not going to be your best. All right, I think about when I very first started coaching and I wasn't doing group coaching, I was just doing one-on-one coaching. And I look back at some of those people that I was coaching and I was like, oh man, I think to myself, oh man, you didn't have my best work. That was just the beginning. It was just when I was starting. And so when you very first start coaching, you're not going to be your best. You are not the people who I have coached in the last six months, I would say, and now coming up on this February group are going to have the absolute best content. The people that I will coach five years from now will have even better content. 
because you grow and you evolve. And so, you know, I look back at network marketing, I'm like, man, that first first month I started, it was terrible because I started. I look back at my first podcast, I'm like, mm, that wasn't as good as episode 50. Or what, what in my podcast will be two years from now? And so you have to stop being afraid of just being a beginner. Oftentimes people look at people and they're like, they see somebody who's like chapter 25 and you're starting chapter one and you compare yourself. There's no comparison. You are a beginner. So you can't be afraid to be a beginner. You can't be afraid to start. When I look at parenting, I see the same thing. I just did a real, y'all need to just go look at my reel about my kids calling me out on my parenting abilities. But I feel a lot more confident as a parent right now than I did six years ago when the boys first moved into our home from foster care and I had no idea, no clue what I was doing. No clue. You just kind of wing it. You're like, ah, this sounds right. I'm going to try to figure it out. And you fail your way to success. There is no failure. There is only feedback. Okay, so let me repeat to you my top failures. And I really hope that this is a lesson that you take. So number one was not creating enough margin. Number two was talking more than I listen. Number three was not clarifying my niche and not doing enough market research. Number four was avoiding failure, just avoiding that failure. And number five was being a beginner, being afraid to be a beginner. And so some of you are maybe stepping into something for the first time. Maybe you're just now stepping into your network marketing business and you're brand new. Maybe you're just now stepping into parenting. Maybe you're just now stepping into being a wife. Maybe you're just now stepping into something else, like starting your podcast, starting a book, starting a YouTube channel. These are the things I talk about in in the very last session of my program. I talk about leaving a legacy and finding other avenues to get your voice out there. And so maybe you're doing that for the first time and you're like, I don't know what I'm doing. Just start. Try it and see. Okay, so that is my message to you today. I hope that this blesses you. I hope that you are having a wonderful day, a wonderful week. And before I leave, I really want to really encourage you, if you are a network marketer, register for Multiply 2.0. It is kicking off the middle of February. It is better than it's ever been. It used to be Multiply was eight weeks. It is now 12 weeks. I am combining it with a social media expert and attraction marketing expert. We have a ton of content, a ton of value. So you can go to moniquescript.com forward slash multiply to apply for that. Also, We are having a one-day masterclass on January the 27th. It is only $27. Y'all, that is literally a steal. It is a steal. I would encourage you, I'd encourage your team to participate because we're going to be talking about how to multiply your team and how to multiply your social media and really make a difference on finding your niche on social media. So I hope that this blesses you today and I hope you have a wonderful day. Thank you for listening to the Fierce Identity Podcast. I want to ask you to do two things right now. First of all, stop and subscribe to the podcast so you do not miss an episode. Secondly, go to moniquescript.com for all the ways that we can stay connected. Until next time, go and make a kingdom impact.